Okay. Iron Fist was shit. But it shouldn't have been, okay? And I think they proved that with basically all the other Marvel Netflix shows. Okay, so this is one thing that I didn't believe that Marvel had down, because I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and oh, I yeah. saw their use of old CGI and stuff. Like, the first season, I thought, like, okay, this, this, this is kind of good. I'm not, I'm not all about it. And then the only time I think that show has been watchable for me is when Ghost Rider was in it. Fair. I remember that. Um, yeah. yeah, I was never a big fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Daredevil, <laughs> Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. So good. All so good. And Iron Fist also had tremendous potential. That was unfortunately squandered by a very quick need to release it so they get the Defenders out. Because that could be funny, even in the Defenders, it, like, it, his whole character and like all the action he takes part is so much better. It is. It really, really is. Okay, let's let's start with where it started. Okay. So I was in Spain Okay. Um, when I first heard about Daredevil, right? It popped up as a as like an article on my For You, like Google yeah. page, right? Yeah. I opened this thing up and I'm like, they did not make a Daredevil series. Yeah, they did. <laughs> right? And then it was like on Netflix. I was like, I'll never Netflix. So then I watched it on like um, daily, UK daily, something, something. Oh, nice. Right? Okay. Right. So they just had like a tab there. I could watch it on a tiny little screen. Oh, I love it. And I watched the whole thing on a tiny little screen on my tablet um, while I was insane. And it was the greatest time. Like, I watched the first episode, and I was like, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened to television. Charlie Cox is amazing. Charlie Cox is phenomenal. Oh, my God. I don't, like, he has done such a good job with Matt Murdock. 100%. Uh, and that, that's coming from someone who actually, surprise, surprise, enjoyed uh, 2003's Daredevil with Ben Affleck. People always, like, crap on that movie for me, but, like, thinking back when I was younger, that movie was it for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed that movie. Having said that, I do have the director's cut, so maybe that does make a difference, although I don't think it'll be a massive one, truth be told. Yeah. Uh, I do think it shows a bit more of, like, his court life and all that, but I enjoyed it. Um, and when I saw... What was it, 2013, when Daredevil's first season came out? That shit blew my mind. Um, the, because, again, as you say, we'd watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and it was like, oh, uh, okay, so Marvel's kind of underperforming in the TV. Which was weird, because at the time, Arrow had come out with season one, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, so Arrow was my favorite. That was also my thoughts, was like, oh, DC is killing it where Marvel can't keep up. Yeah, like, and likewise, the reverse is true, where DC can't keep up, Marvel's killing it. And then Daredevil Season 1 dropped, and, well, <sighs> that changed. Yeah. Briefly, at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> season 2, I'll give you... Okay, so, if I had to rank um, my favourite seasons of Daredevil, okay. uh, it's got to be probably Season 3. Yeah, fair. Season 1, and then Season 2. But if I could pick, like, sections, I was I'd, pick, I'd pick, um, season three. First yeah, half of season, season yeah. two. First half of season two, yeah. Season one. And the rest of and season two. I could ignore the rest of season two as yeah. it never happened, except for that fire. Even the final scene, like, it became very CWE, the way he was punching people. Yeah. That's the only time they let the ball slip a little. Yeah. And they let it be, like, too campy. Well, that was the thing. I think that... I think Daredevil Season 2 should have entirely focused on the Punisher. Agreed. Because, holy crap, John Bernthal as the Punisher. What a casting choice, okay? And he wrecked it. The conversation he has with Daredevil on the rooftop is such a phenomenal bit of television. It is great. Yo, why did you take my mask off? I don't care who you are. <laughs> like, it's, oh, and when you sit there, he's like, eventually you'll learn you're just using half measures. It's like, oh. And again, you can, like, see the, the understanding from both of them, like, where they're coming from. Yeah. Which is really good. And of course, it's, I, I would, I would say, season two Daredevil Punisher is the most accurate comics-wise Punisher that the Netflix did. Because did you watch the Punisher's actual show? Yes, yeah. It was good. Uh, things, like, how, when we were planning this, how did we not, like, include the Punisher as yeah. a Marvel Netflix series? Oh, I know. I didn't even think about it, truth be told. But, like, 
I enjoyed his series. I think it's really, really well done, but he's not quite the Punisher in it. The same way he was in Daredevil Season 2. Fair enough, yeah. And I think it's because they kind of turned him in, like, you have to make him the protagonist, you have to make him likable. Yeah. Which was problematic, because... I, there's a great scene in season two of Daredevil, which to me is completely Punisher, and it's when he goes into that shop and the dude tries to sell him those porn DVDs, yeah. and he just fucking shoots him. That is Punisher, like, to a T. Yeah, because he was like, didn't he say something like, I've got young groups yeah. ones, and then he just, like, closes the yeah. door. Stop, close, the, the store is closed, and he turns around, bah. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely incredible, and I think... Season one of Daredevil has some of the greatest action ever. Obviously, that hallway scene yes. is like god tier. The whole long take, just him fighting his way through ward after ward. Then he have killed it in terms of fight scenes. Like I don't think any other Netflix series, like very few movies, even I think have done such a good job with an action scene. So I'd go that season one hallway fight scene mm. is one of my favorite most rewatchable fights of all time yeah followed by um the first interaction between daredevil and um bullseye in season oh, three yeah. the office yeah that is so good that is real good although i will raise you the final battle with kingpin in season three well that three-way battle yeah Jeepers, that was that is hectic. It is so good on a character level. It is phenomenal on an action level, and its cinematography is great. Like, oh, and when the police walk in and they're like, "Who's he?" and the guy just stops and goes, "That's that's the real Daredevil." Yeah, like, yeah, dude, gives me chills every single time. Daredevil is such a good comic as well. Like him as a character, uh, Matt Murdock is one of the most readable people I think uh, Marvel has. Like. Outside of, like, Spider-Man, you, he's one of the only people who's actually, like, a human person that you can, like, like go and watch. He's, there's nothing, like, except he's got superpowers, which is weird because he's still so, like, normal. Yeah. He's one of the only people whose, like, life is regular Yeah. compared to most other superheroes you get in Marvel. It's very interesting when you say that because I've never been much of a big uh, Daredevil reader. I think I've read Born Again. Um which I think season three was based on, which it's a very good comic, I'd highly recommend. But for the most part, Daredevil to me has always been weird because there's always these really, really weird plot points with him. Like, I don't know if you know the whole, like, oh, my twin brother thing from the comics. Okay, okay. Yeah, like, there's, and that is a consistent theme, <laughs> like, going on all the time where it's like, ah, oh, my identity's been exposed. How am I going to undo this? Hi. I'm not Matthew Murdoch, I'm Trent Murdoch or something ridiculous. So it's like, I am his twin brother that no one knew about who also practices law. He has had quite a few of those weird arcs, but then again, I feel like a lot of superheroes have had those questionable moments where it's fair. Like, oh, so this is not nice. Very fair. I will say, I did enjoy Daredevil's turn in War of the Realms where he basically takes over as Heimdall. I think that was such an interesting direction to take the character. That was really phenomenal. I highly recommend you read it. Um, have you seen the um, where Iron Man combines the Venom suit with technology? The, the Venom symbiote with technology gets that really awesome like silver and blue suit, and no. then restores Matt Murdock's eyes. Holy shit! No, brings back his eyesight, and then like it's Matt Murdock like and Spider Man like the red superheroes, and then yeah. they go and fight Iron Man, and Iron Man kills Daredevil essentially. Oh shit! Yeah, that's it. No, I haven't read that. Yeah, so that sounds really cool. brutal. Okay, not that comic. That comic is hectic. Go read it. <laughs> but um, one of my favorites is, um, it was called, but um, Daredevil is caught in a snowstorm, dulling his senses, like making him, like, he can't hear anything, he can't, like, focus his hearing or anything. Yeah. So he's caught in a snowstorm, and um, there is a girl who needs, like, a heart transplant, right? Yeah. So what's happened is an ambulance is now stuck in the snowstorm. He, like, jumps off a building, puts this backpack on, and he's like, okay, cool, I will now take this girl her heart. Like, what yeah. he wears in, in Young Girls. Yeah. It's just a trick. And he goes to the ER, and he wakes up, and they, like, they're like, we found you in the snowstorm, you were wearing the suit. He was like, did anyone see me wearing the suit? And they're like, just some of the staff around here, but we won't tell anyone. He was like, cool, give it back. Yeah. And they were like, but you're going to die. He was like, no, I won't, because I never quit. And he was like, you're such a badass. Yeah, and he has this moment where he jumps off uh, like a water tower. Yeah. And he slips. 
and he just plummets and he hits the ground and he's like bleeding and then he's like well like yes I've fallen but what defines a Murdoch man is the fact that we get back up mm. and you like see him get up in that like there's that moment in the series where he's in the rain and he fights and he gets up yeah. and you see the blood drip from his when mouth when he's like saved Karen Page yeah. yeah it's like exactly that Mm. So I was very, very impressed. Yeah. To be fair, again, I, I want to say that Daredevil Netflix show is honestly so, so impressive. And I think it will be criminal not to use Charlie Cox in the MCU going forward. Like, I understand they're going to be worried because they tied it so tightly together with all the other Netflix shows. But honestly, I'd say the only problem is Iron Fist. Because, not to be funny, but Jessica Jones, at least season one, I actually don't think I've watched season two, was really good i really enjoyed david tennant as um the purple, the purple man, man yeah. is really really creepy and excellent and that whole like arc she goes through and then you meet luke cage and she's like oh my god i didn't realize like yeah, yeah, yeah. my own my only thing is how vague they are about the connections to the mcu and this is something i've never understood because even in agents of shield they're so like they just don't want to explicitly connect the two and i don't understand why like that's their whole thing it's all connected. It's all the cinematic universe. Commit. Don't be like, oh, the incident in New York with yeah. the green guy and the captain, you know? Like, just be like, fuck me, the Hulk destroyed this entire building. Where's the harm, you know? Yeah. Like, but yeah, I think season one of Daredevil is, it's phenomenal. It's got incredible action set pieces. All the characters are really, really, really good. Like, they've all got their own motivations, their own backstories. Like, oh, scripting-wise, it's, it's tight. It's, yeah. It is incredibly tight. Let's take a moment to talk about Kingpin as a character and the way Vincent D'Onofrio has done that. Yeah, I think if he doesn't go up against Spider-Man, criminal. Absolutely criminal, because to me, that is the Kingpin that Spider-Man should be going against. That is terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he really brings that, like, childness to it, yeah. which is... An incredible way of giving you sympathy for him before ripping it away, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think it's like just post um, him having that flashback to murdering his dad when he just starts slamming the dude's head in the car door and all that crap. And then you're just like, okay, <laughs> he's psycho. <laughs> Oof. So there's so many excellent moments. Oh, a fight scene that I did forget about which is preceded by an amazing scene between um, Matt Murdock and the Kingpin, is season three in the prison. Oh, yeah. His fight scene in the prison is really good, but when he's sitting opposite um, the Kingpin, and the Kingpin's, like, handcuffs just come off. Yeah, and he just slams his head into yeah. the desk. Yeah, and he's like, you put me in here. I'm going to destroy you. Oh, it's so good. Uh, but again though, still, season three, my favorite moment is when he's like, I'm gonna tell, when like the final battle, he's like, I'm gonna tell the world. And he just looks at him and goes, go on, tell them. Do it. Like, oh dude, it reminds me of, uh, it, it really, it does remind me of the 2003 Ben Affleck one, where he finds out his idea, and he's like, that murder, the blind guy, I'm gonna tell the world. He's like, yeah, go on, tell them you got beaten up by a blind man. <laughs> like, oh, oh, it's so good. Like and and really that was to me what that fight reminded me of where it was almost homaging even the Ben Affleck one yeah. that no like so few people liked which was incredible because I obviously loved it yeah um, that whole thing where he puts on the Muay Thai ropes and he's like time to fuck some shit up I need to change my style yeah incredible but like the character work between him and Foggy Nelson is also like phenomenal during the season three. It's amazing. I love yeah. that so much. Like some of my favorite bits in season two are the flashbacks we get to them in like college. Yes, and all that. Good, right? It is so good. And it's literally just two characters just chatting. And it's one of those shows where um, there's always something to, to be worried about. There, I don't think there's a moment in that series where they drop the ball and you're like, I'm bored. Yeah. Except for like second half of season two. There are some you're but like, even ah. there, even there, there are moments where it's like this is a really good moment. It's just surrounded by a bit of shit. Yeah, you know, like when he has to go and save Stick, and he doesn't know how to fight the new ninjas because the new ninjas like can slow their heart, and so he can't hit yeah. them anymore. And he's just like, at some point, they're going to have to exhale. Yeah, and when they do, kick their ass. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Although season two, later half of season two, a bit that I really did enjoy 
is when him and Electra are on the roof and they're like a million ninjas and they're like, we're going to kick your ass. And they just start dropping like flies and Daredevil turns around and there's Punisher on like another building like yes. three days away. And he's just like, thank you, Frank. <laughs> I wasn't he's expecting very, this. And that is also the first time we get to see him in the, in the, in Punisher, the Punisher suit. suit. Yeah. yeah, Which is honestly a complaint I have about John Bernthal's Punisher series itself where they keep throwing away the costume. Like the first episode of the first season is him burning it. And the whole first season is this lead up to him putting it back on, and he finally does. And season two, he fucking burns it again. And you're like, this is something uh, that has happened consistently throughout Terminator. I'm like, Terminator, wow. Hey. Basically, <laughs> Punisher versus Terminator would be a hell of a movie. <laughs> Fair. Punisher wins, though. Ho, ho, ho. I'd have to do some calculations on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Sarah Connor can do it. Ah, that's a fair point, actually. That's true. That. I mean, Punisher's a Wolverine. Also, that is basically a Terminator. Do you know what my, one of my favorite things about the Punisher in the comic is? Like, his whole deal is that he's a soldier, right? And the one thing in the Marvel Universe is that no matter who you are, no matter like what you do, if you're a soldier, you respect the fuck out of Captain America. Yes. And one of my favorite things see that yeah, is when Captain America comes to him and he like just starts beating the shit out of him. And he's like, I'm gonna like I'm gonna fuck you up. And he's like, why aren't you fighting back? And he's like, I won't fight back against you, Captain. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's such a good moment, dude. It's ah, it's so hype. And he's like, ah, oh, Frank, you got me, right? The heart. Well, there's so many of those moments where you can definitely feel for the Punisher. Oh, hundred. has been through a lot, and John Bernthal especially. Yeah. In, like his performance as Punisher can make you feel so bad. Dude, the courtroom scene in Daredevil season two, where he's like, "I don't need your help. I don't want your help." Like, it's such an emotional bit, and you can just see Daredevil going, "Frank, why?" And like, "I'm trying to help you," and he's like, "I don't care." throw me in jail, I will kill everyone in there. And you're like, oh, no, Frank. Brilliant fight, though. Brilliant fight. Yeah, when he goes into the kingpin. Yeah. And he's just in pure white, and all those guys start coming out of their shanks and stuff. Yeah, and he just fucks up every single one of them. Man can take a hit, though. Out of anyone, like, I'd say Matt Burner can take a hit, but Punisher, he took he took torture like an absolute champion, like yeah. every single moment he had. Yeah, like when they're putting like nails into his feet and shit. Like, Ugh. oh, dude, no, so good. And then he, oh, yeah. yeah, 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 it's just so good. Uh, Luke Cage's series, I enjoyed. Um, I didn't think it was as good as the other shows. Yeah, but I still thought it was pretty fucking good, especially the way they adapted Luke Cage. Yeah, from the comics, like even. Even just so stupidly, like, they got his catchphrase, Sweet Christmas, like, in. And, it, like, ah, oh, it's great. How, how good is the fact that each of these Netflix shows has, at some point, shown an OG character accurate costume? Yes, I really appreciate that as well. Um, Jessica Jones for, doesn't like it. Yeah. But she's just like, she's like, I'm never wearing this. Yeah. Luke Cage actually wears it. Iron actually wears it. Daredevil wears it twice. No, okay. Four times. I will caveat that by saying technically Daredevil's never put on his original costume before. Because his original one's the yellow one. Fair. Yeah. But he does have the black. Yeah, which they took, like, obviously heavy inspiration from, which, again, I so appreciate. Like, although I will say that the irritating thing about the Netflix shows is the fact that they will only put their costumes on in the last episode of each season. Oh, yeah. Which is... And when I first saw Daredevil's costume in season one, I was kind of a little disappointed. But then you... It's like the same thing with Flash season one. You don't start with the best suit. You know, sure. And then in season two, you get that, like, full red. It looks It gets upgraded a lot more, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I I, I think the problem is his black one was super iconic in terms of it was simple and it really got to the core of his character. And then... The other thing is, compared to the 2003 one, which really looks comic accurate. It looks comic accurate as hell. That is a suit. Yeah. Whereas, like, the the one they put at the end of season one and the one he wears in season two and all that, it looks good, but it's... There's just something missing. Yeah. Which I wish they could have tweaked before they cancelled it. I think they looked... He looked top tier the best in Defenders. Yeah. And um, my my favorite moment from Defenders where he puts on the costume and it's literally him 
<laughs> yeah, he's literally just walking with Jesse Jones, Luke Cage, and I'd say, I'll just look at him. He's like, what? <laughs> all of them are in civilian clothes. <laughs> oh, it, it's so funny. And I, it's just like, the team. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite meme from that is when you go to Comic-Con and your one friend takes it too seriously. <laughs> oh, it's great. Okay, Defenders, the, the fight scene, their first fight scene when they're all together, and you're just like, so Daredevil is the best. Yeah, he must be. And then you see it later where Danny Rand is like, cool, I'll fight you all. And you're just like, you're going to fight Danny Murdoch. And then Matt Murdoch just kicks his ass. I love how Stick is literally like standing there with Jessica Jones and goes, oh, in the in the like Chinese restaurant, he's yeah. like, Matt is one of the most natural born fighters I've ever seen. And he's honed his skill. I was like, yeah. Oh, it's odd. To be fair, I love Stick as a character. Like, I think he does so well in, obviously, throughout Daredevil and throughout uh, The Defenders. I think he's awesome. Like, that flashback scene when Matt gives him the little breaks that he made, yes. he's just like, we're done here. We're done. I'm over it. We're yeah. leaving. Like, I'm not having this. Oh, it's so good. And then he keeps it. Yeah. He kept it. Yeah. It's magical. After they had that massive blowout fight, yeah. Matt finds it on the floor. He's like, oh, fuck. Wow, I hate this prick. Because, <laughs> like, like, not to be funny, but again, when he's like, yeah, there's a dangerous weapon in this container that they're trying to ship called Black Sky, and it's just a child. And yeah. that's like, what the fuck are you doing? You cannot kill him. He's like, I already did. And you're just like, oh, you're not a good person. <laughs> oh, Matt's gonna have issues with that, and he does. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness, yeah. So, well, okay, we haven't gone on to Iron Fist yet, or we haven't really touched much on Jessica Jones. I love the detective agency in Je- Jessica Jones. Mm, that whole noir vibe that they captured with that, the way it was like this this constantly building mystery to why does she fear this man so much? Like, why is she so... And then that ending scene where, um, the season one where he, he's like, Jessica, smile! And then she starts smiling, and you're like, oh shit, it's, it's affecting her. And then she just fucking snaps his neck, and you're like, ah, never mind then. <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> I think that whole scene is brilliantly acted, brilliantly directed, brilliantly written. Like, oh. And again, I think the first seasons of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage really nailed it. They, like, sure, there's stuff you can nitpick. You can say, oh, I would have liked, you know, more of this, more of that. I would have enjoyed seeing this. But on the whole, I think it's a solid introduction to each character. I think it gives you the essentials of what each of them is about while remaining faithful to the comics and pulling them into the modern real world while allowing them to exist alongside the Avengers. Yeah. You know? Because, like, one of the things I wondered was in when Civil War came out, there were a lot of rumors of, oh, Matt Murdock's going to be in it, which I was pretty hyped for. But when he's not in it, you kind of look at it and you go, yeah, you know, it it makes sense. For one, I don't think Tony would be able to deal with him. Yeah. (laughs) Like, um, one of the comments I saw was that Spider-Man's still young enough for Tony to guide him, yeah. whereas Daredevil's kind of stuck on his path. But also, his like his powers are useful, but how useful would they have been against Avengers-level heroes, yeah. you know? So one, one of the cool things I found about Daredevil is he's able to keep up with Spider-Man. Yeah. And you're just like, how? Yeah. You are amazing. Yeah, his fighting ability and his like, radar sense allows him to keep... Honestly, it's one of my favorite relationships in the comics because there's a, I think it, what is it? The rooftop one after Spider-Man almost kills someone. Yeah, that's a that's a solid one as well. Yeah, and when he's just like you're a kid, you're dealing with shit that no child should ever have to deal with, and you're doing well with it. So yeah, that's a hectic scene. Uh, but I I can't remember where the introduction comes from. But Matt Murdock. I don't know. I don't remember if it was Ultimate Comics or not. Matt Murdock basically just walks up to Peter Parker like immediately after high school. He's like, "Here's my card, kid. <laughs> I take it." And then he's like, "How did he know who I was?" <laughs> hmm, this is suspect. Okay, then. <laughs> it's just, yeah, so it's a great scene and a really great relationship for two essentially neighborhood heroes because that's what Daredevil is. He only so gives a shit about as well. Like, Daredevil only gives a shit about Hell's Kitchen. Luke Cage only gives a shit about Harlem. Like, I enjoy the fact that these are very much street-level heroes, you know? Because it gives you it gives you an insight into the Marvel Universe. Like, Tony Stark's not going to be running after drug dealers. Yeah. But fucking Daredevil is, <laughs> you know? You know what I, I was frustrated by is that they teased heroes for hire. Yes. Yeah, in The Defenders. And they never got it. Yeah. So I think... I think 
Iron Fist as on its own was a weak show. Yeah. It could have been better, but it was weak. My, yeah. Luke Cage was also really good, but it was also of the weaker ones. Yeah. But then together could have made such a good show and it could have stood up to where Jessica Jones and Daredevil were. Uh, yeah, because I really enjoyed all their scenes in The Defenders that they had together, especially their first fight scene where he's like, oh shit, you're like, I can't break you. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll activate my Iron Fist. Sure, and Luke Cage's like, alright, then you can punch me. And he yeah. just gets punched good and wrong. <laughs> and he's like, I wasn't expecting that. Let's pause. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because that's the one that like sends the shockwave back, and I yeah. was like, "Oh my god, I just got rocked as a whole." Yeah, okay, uh, I love the way they did his Iron Fist though. Yes, it looks so good. I enjoy the effects on that. My, honestly, my only problem with Iron Fist is that they rushed it. They rushed it because they wanted the defenders out, and honestly, Iron Fist suffered for it because his fight scenes. You can see they're not rehearsed enough you can see that they're trying to cover up the fact that they're not proficient enough whereas stuff like daredevil had so long and you can see it from those one take fight scenes which i think iron fist would have really benefited from instead they cut like motherfuckers consistently i think it would have been better for them to go with defenders and introduce danny rand as a MacGuffin. Yeah, and then he gets his own series. Then they would pique their interest by showing what Iron Fist is capable of. Yeah. And then you take him backwards. I feel like then they would have had a lot more time to build on him. Plus, you have that intrigue as well. Whereas by the time you get to the defenders, you're like, Danny Rand's a pussy. Yeah, I don't back him in a fight. What's he gonna do? Yeah, unfortunately, it meant the defenders was trying to do like double work and effectively trying to make you give a shit about Iron yeah. Fist when you already cared about all the other characters involved. Yeah. Um, having said that, I, the fact that the defenders were up against the hand again was a bit of a a bit of a letdown. Not gonna lie, yeah. kind of because post season two, you kind of didn't give a shit about the hand because they've been the worst aspects of Daredevil. Yeah, um, and I mean, look, they got uh, what's it, Sigourney Weaver, yeah, in to play the main bad. Like was wasted. That's the thing; it didn't give her enough to do. It was all, like. Not to be funny, but throughout the Defenders, it was constantly hinted, like, oh, Sigourney Weaver's the big bad, she's playing an integral part, and then you see her more in the last episode, and then it's done. Yeah. You're like, ah, you wasted an icon of, like, sci-fi cinema. Yeah. Which is a pity, because she was doing really well if they'd given her more. Let's take it back to, to some fight scenes. Okay. Right, so that hallway fight scene is what hooked me on Daredevil, for sure. Fair. I knew I was going to watch it until it ended, because for the first time, you see a superhero land a punch and someone get up and punch him back. Yeah. And you saw him, like, get tired. You saw him get rocked. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh my god, this is how it would go down. Well, that's the thing, not to be funny, but the, the, what they did so well with Daredevil is really grounding the action, despite the fact that it is a superhero show, because... Every single fight Matt Murdock gets in, by the end of it, he is panting and he is tired and he is like struggling to go on, but he keeps walking. That is what is so awesome about it. Like, even in season two, I think one of my favorite fight scenes from that is when Punisher takes the gun to his hand. Yeah. And he's like, You're gonna have to fire it. And he's like, I won't. <laughs> I swear to God. And he just goes to that whole building and he's like, Nope. Not happening, not happening. And then he has that moment where he like tries to fire the gun and there's no bullets in it, he just laughs, he's like, I knew it, yeah. I knew it. Yeah, what a great scene. And honestly, Charlie Cox, I think, did such a phenomenal job. The eye thing. Let's just, mm. like, the, the man was keeping his eyes, like, still, still. He was committed, bro. Actually, interesting fact for you, alright? I don't know if you knew this at all, but, um... Charlie Cox has spoken about it before, where basically he went for a few auditions and stuff after Daredevil and all that, and he bombed out of all of them. And apparently after one audition, the guy turned to him and said, that was like pretty good, but you didn't look at us at all. And he was like, oh fuck, because he realized every audition he'd been doing, he'd been doing it blind like Daredevil, yeah. which is commitment, you know, like, and also I think he really nailed it. Like, once you've been playing a character for so long, it's hard to let go of those things. Yeah. Especially because it has to be such an ingrained thing to really... Because obviously you don't want to piss off blind people, yeah. you know, and all that. So well, yeah. I, yeah, I honestly think he did a really, really good job 
And like also the humor he has is really on point. Like when they walk into the apartment and they're like, holy shit, this apartment is amazing. How do you afford it? And he's like, there's a massive neon sign right outside that nobody can sleep with on. But I'm blind. <laughs> so this apartment came dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. I love it so much. Oh, there's such an amazing scene in, in, in the comic book where um, a SWAT team wearing like night vision goggles comes to attack his house. Yeah. And he's like standing there, and because he's blind, they're like, oh, he's got no lights, right? And then he just goes, oh, a SWAT team wearing night vision goggles, whatever will I do? Flips the light on, they all go blind, and kicks the crap out of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> okay, so they tried to, like, connect all the Netflix shows via Rosario Dawson's character. Who, yes. She's a character in the comics called Night Nurse, I believe. Yeah. And now she's hooked up with Luke Cage and Matt. And Matt, yeah, which, yo, you're going through your superheroes, aren't you? <laughs> Jessica Jones, I assume, is bisexual. I would assume she sleep with her. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Rand's got no shot. No. No. Shot. no. Got no game at Matt. Shame. And it's a pity, because I really do like the actor they got to play him. I think he has potential to do really well. I think he was just given a really ham-fisted script, shitty action, shitty cinematography, bad plot... <laughs> Like, Iron Fist has got such a cool story, and the Danny Rand that we got, the Iron Fist that we got, is not Iron Fist. He's just not. Yeah. Like, there was, there was not, none of that, like, spiritual anything. There was yeah. no, like, like... He really came off as an asshole. Like, I don't know if you remember, there's that scene where he walks into the Chickie's Dojo, and he beats up one of his students, like, you don't disrespect the master in her own dojo, and you're like... You just kicked the crap out of one of her students for next to no reason. <laughs> like, check your privilege, son. You're an asshole. Also, he's supposed to be the Iron Fist. Yeah. The best Kung The best one, yeah. Kung Lung, I no, think. No, no. That's, that's from Kung Fu Panda, I think. Is it? See, this is the problem. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the dragon is called Kung Lao. Ah. The seventh city of heaven, let's put it that way. <laughs> Again, this is what happens when you get English speakers to try and do anything foreign. <laughs> we encountered this problem in the My Hero Academia podcast where we couldn't get Tokoyami's name right. <laughs> which we did now after looking it up. We're sorry. <laughs> uh, so, he's supposed to be the best fighter they have. Yeah. So why is he getting his ass kicked in New York? Yeah. Of all places, just... Randomly, constantly losing fights. You know what my other problem was? Also, when that, um, he goes to like the the splinter group of the hand, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, you can't even turn both your fists into iron fist." You're like, "Oh, for fucks! Like he's supposed to be the best. Like, sure, but how do they know how to use it, but you can't?" Yeah, like get your shit together, Danny Rand. <laughs> oh, okay, one of the one of the worst. Are you gonna say No. No, but that is bad. <laughs> one of the worst scenes in Iron Fist. The, like, the one that I honestly found one of the hardest to watch was when the chickie gets the packet of M&Ms, opens them onto the table, like, we used to send code via M&Ms, and you're like, ha, that is obvious product placement with a shitty, shitty, shitty plot reason. Oh my god, you did, like, and the worst part is I feel bad because, like, at as an actor, how do you make that scene work? But she didn't make that scene work, like, at all. I'm impressed that you would say that. Have you seen season two of Iron Fist? No. You get an Iron Fist. You get an Iron Fist. Everybody gets an I heard Iron about that. Yeah. I heard about it's that. A, it's, no, it's really bad. It's really bad. It's so disappointing, because honestly, I think Iron Fist was the one that killed the hope of Marvel Netflix in terms of joining the grand scheme of things. How did he get season two? I see why they gave him a season two, but they should have taken more time. Why was his season two bad compared to everyone else? Like, you saw that you could have success. Also, his intro's the worst. Yeah, it's not great. Like, all of the, like, the Netflix intros are so good. Daredevil, I feel like they just peaked. Yeah. They peaked at 100%. Yeah. And they, could, they were just like, we've made something perfect here. How do we follow this up? Yeah, that's fair. Right? I feel like, you know how, how when you do something creative, your first one will be, like, amazing. But if you try and do something as creative that day, you can't. Yeah. You can't follow an act like that immediately after. You need to, like, go back. You need to 
find that energy again and then go go at it again afresh. Honestly, I think you're right. The smartest choice for an iron for season two would have been Heroes for Hire, especially post Defenders when Daredevil had been like, I need you to protect Hal's Kitchen, and season three obviously hadn't come out yet. Yeah. I think that would have been the perfect time for him to go to Luke Cage and be like, hey, we can fix this. They even set it up, though. Yeah, they did, which is mind-boggling. Like, because not to be funny, their chemistry together was off the charts, and honestly, I wouldn't enjoy seeing anyone else's Luke Cage, uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, or even Iron Fist, despite the fact that he had such a weak season. Yeah. I think there's, I think they should resurrect him in Shang-Chi, honestly. I think they should, um, they should genuinely spend some time developing the Iron Fist using the Shang-Chi movie, um, to really bring Danny Rand into the fold, you know? Yeah. But I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're going to try and just drop the Netflix shows by the wayside, which hurts me because but Charlie Cox doesn't deserve it. He has, he's, he's wrapped filming for Spider-Man 3. Is that confirmed? I thought there were still rumors that he was filming Spider-Man 3. I think, I, I thought it was like confirmed that he's wrapped though. He was like, I'm done. I've, I've done my scenes. I don't know about that, hey? I'd be very curious to find out because if he is in spider Okay, but my only problem is Spider-Man 3 is so multiversal that if they just stick them in another alternate reality, I'm going to feel pissed off. Oh, please don't do that. Because, you know you know what I mean? Because, honestly, Charlie Cox deserves to be Daredevil in the MCU. He put his work in. And honestly, I spoke about it. Like, the, the scene where you come in, uh, Tom Holland is sitting in the in the police inquiry, and yeah. Matt Motor walks in and goes, shut up, I'm your lawyer. Yeah, that would be awesome. And honestly, I really enjoy seeing his engagement with Tom Holland, because... I think the way that they set him up, I think it would create quite a like dilemma for him to see this kid acting as a superhero, especially with all the shit he's yeah. faced in his life as a superhero, you know? Um, so I think that, I honestly think Marvel will really be missing a trick if they don't put him in the... Daredevil helping Spider-Man use his spider sense. That would be wild. That, see, that is such a good connection to make. Oh, okay, yeah, here we go. Um, just a quick break in that. Um, so this is comicbook.com. Uh, as rumors swirled around of Spider-Man 3 casting Daredevil actor Charlie Cox reprised the role for the Netflix series, comicbook.com has learned the actor was indeed on set for the Marvel Studios movie. Okay, I really, really hope they don't stick him in the multiverse. I really hope it's just he is our Daredevil. I really hope... Honestly, because you know what? If they were able to do that, if they were able to say, he's our Daredevil, everything that's happened in the Netflix shows is canon, alright? They could resurrect Iron Fist, and honestly, that is the only complaint people genuinely had. Realistically, Daredevil was excellent, Jessica Jones was great, Luke Cage was good, The Punisher was pretty solid, like, both seasons. It was just Iron Fist that was lacking. And if, honestly, if all of them suffer just because they rushed production on Iron Fist, I think that is shit, and you were honestly missing a trick model. Yeah. But I honestly, I hope Kevin Feige is a better producer than that, because I think he is. <laughs> Everyone has to recognize how amazing Charlie Cox's performance was. He did, especially it's a good job. Especially not to be funny, but when it got when Daredevil season three got cancelled, oh, like right. a few days after it was released, and everyone was going why the fuck would you do this? Yeah. And they just started culling the Netflix shows, dude. That was when it... That was honestly when I was like, oh, no. No. Like, you can't, like... There was, there was something, like, peaceful about, like, cancelling Daredevil, because then you know that they weren't just going after the bad ones. Yeah, that's so true. It was like, you started at the top, and you're like, it breaks my heart that we're never going to get to see that Bullseye Matt Murdock interaction ever again. Especially with the way they set up Bullseye at the end of season three yeah. where they were like um, putting stuff in his spine which is like the comics where yeah. he actually has adamantium in his spine. And yeah. Because not to be funny, that would be such a wild way to connect him to the rest of the MCU and give you the possibility of more like X-Men stuff which they've now got access to because then it's like oh well we did this procedure on a guy based off of a now defunct program from like the 70s or whatever, and you can be like, Wolverine, I see him! <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? Uh, and honestly, I think Elektra, who, who they, the actress they got for Elektra was good. I Like, again, those flashback scenes where she like takes Matt Murdock and she like, they break into the boxing ring yes, and they have like yeah. the sparring and all that. 
It's really good. Honestly, season two was just ruined by the hand. Because I don't think the hand has ever been good villains, even in the comics. Yeah. I think Ninja Turtles did it better with the Foot Clan. The Foot Clan, yeah. <laughs> but that's because they're basically the same thing. They are. They're basically the same thing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know this, but um, the whole thing is that the accident that created Matt Murdock's blindness and stuff yeah. is what created the Ninja Turtles. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fucking sick. Oh my goodness, Stick and Splinter. I see it. Yeah. Oh, I see it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Splinter's obviously the... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some plot points. Like some like, down points. Because okay. we know these shows are like excellent. Okay. Yeah. So then we're going to leave Iron Fist because I think we've talked a lot about it. its poor points. Okay. Uh, the, the fight with the Bronco Master. It had potential and again, it was piss poor. They kept cutting everywhere. You couldn't see anything. Like, that guy's a really good martial artist. Yeah. Okay. So, um, one of the, the downsides for me was the Billy Russo arc for season one and two of Punisher. Okay. Um, the, In the, what way though? Um, he, he became such a whiny bitch in season two, which I hated. Mm. Plus the fact that he, he was supposed to be Jigsaw, yeah. right? And they didn't even damage his face that bad. No, I was very disappointed, especially after you see Punisher just fucking grab his head and shove it across that fucked up mirror. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, goodness. But then, like, season two, he's just got, like, a few cuts and stuff yeah. on his cheeks. And he's like, like, I'm a monster, like... Yeah, not really. Most women would still bang. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they do. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you, like, and as much as I, I, I like the guy who they got to play Billy Russo, um, he's good in some other stuff. I just don't think that Billy Russo was his character in, in season two. He was a lot better in season one. Fair, fair. Honestly, I think, again, Punisher really struggled with the fact they tried, they, they knew that he was the protagonist. They wanted to make him sympathetic, but not to be funny, but even in the Punisher's own comics, he's not that sympathetic. Yeah. You know, like he's a mass murderer. You know, you can't really sympathize with that. So instead what they did is, oh, it's this constant revenge plot, which is cool, but it's not really the Punisher. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because it means John Bernthal doesn't really get to play the Punisher so much as he's playing a PTSD army guy, you know? Which can be interesting, but... Like, again, I enjoyed the scenes where he goes to, like, the actual, the community, like, talks and stuff, and he just sits there, you yeah. know? Um, but that doesn't, it doesn't feel Punisher, because Punisher doesn't go to sit and talk, he beats the crap out of people and he kills them. That is how he gets his release, you know? He's a fucked up person. Season, season one, that first episode, where... It's Punisher on the construction site. Yes. And uh, he's like, and he, they're like, it's lunchtime. He's like, whatever. And he just keeps going. They're like, you're going to make us look bad. Like, go somewhere else. He was like, I'm not stopping my work. And then they come and see him after, after hours. And they're like, can you stop making us look bad? And like, you just have this thing like, you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. You need to lower the tone of your voice, sir. Yeah. And then. They, he's like just chilling up on the building one night and then they, they were gonna like drop that dude into cement yeah and he's just like oh boy here I go killing again <laughs> you see him lift that sledgehammer you're just like well <laughs> I just wanna let you know that it's over for you but honestly like in the comics the, the whole thing about Punisher is that his wife and kids like grounded him they stopped him from becoming like a psychopath because he was at his happiest and he was at his most peaceful when he was in the middle of war. And the whole thing was, this had just given him, like, his wife and kids being murdered had just given him license to start his own war. Which I think is actually how um, Punisher kills the Marvel Universe. Because basically the whole thing there is instead of the mob killing his family, it's superheroes. And he ends up just switching the same way, just against superheroes. And that, that's the Punisher. That's his whole thing. He wants to murder people. Like, the only reason he didn't was because he had a wife and kid who he actually found a semblance of norm, like normalcy with. So I think they already dropped the ball there for his series, which is disappointing. Despite the fact that I really enjoyed his... Um, what was the dude's name? The sporting character was good with the tech. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed the banter they had, like the relationship they had there. Especially when they actually brought in the murder van. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, it was so cool. 
Uh, I didn't watch Jessica Jones season two. Um, I heard it wasn't as good as season one, though. I also haven't seen season two. I feel bad about that. Yeah, I, I also feel bad. I, I can't believe I watched Iron for season two and not Jessica Jones season two. That's, that is that's actually strange. Yeah. On my part. That is strange. Okay, Jessica Jones, I will say, her friend did get on my nerves a few times. She's irritating. Yeah. There were several times you were just like, okay, could you not, though? Like, stop throwing yourself into the middle of situations, stop telling other people what they should be thinking or feeling or whatever. Like, ah, goodness. Kristen Ruther did a great job as, like, a broken person. Yeah. It is so hard to get behind Jessica Jones. You're, like, that's just the thing with these, like, Netflix characters is, like, they worked so hard on making them human, even the ugly side. Yeah, which is a really impressive thing for Marvel to do, and it's why I was so keen on these shows in the first place. Because, like I say, it gives you a really interesting perspective into the rest of the Marvel universe. Like, she's a fucked up human. Why? Because she was experimented on after her entire family was killed. Like, of course that's going to break you as a person. And not only that, but afterwards she was then effectively, like, abused. And I would say raped. I'm pretty sure that's the implication because the whole yeah. thing is obviously I can make you do whatever you want. Yeah. And there's that weird scene where he's got the girl and he's like, you're going to wear this. and yeah. It's very weird. And you're like, ooh, this is very uncomfortable. Also, they do hint the fact that she can fly. With yes. The jump, with the massive jumping. Yeah, which I really like. And it, but it's that, like, the homages like that that are really, really cool to see. Like, again, you see her classic jewel costume and you're like, oh, She's not going to wear it, but I appreciate that they showed it to us. Yeah. You know, that she did, she wore it and was like, not a fuck. <laughs> Apparently Jessica Jones used to have a crush on Peter Parker. Yes, okay. That was dope. So this is the thing. It's actually really, like, hardcore scene in the comics, right? Because she meets him as Spider-Man when she's, like, dual and all that. Because she was in a coma for years. Yeah. And she basically goes up to him and she's like, oh my god, you're Peter Parker. I had such a massive crush on you in high school. And he's like, uh, who, who are you? And she goes, oh... Like, she has this kind of, like, oh, no. And she, like, breaks it. And she's like, uh, I was the girl who, like, had an accident or whatever. And he goes, oh, you were coma girl. And she's like, coma girl? Is that, is that what everyone called me? And, like, you can see Spider-Man's social awkwardness in there because he's just not thinking. He's yeah. like, oh, shit. And obviously he feels real bad about it. But, like, it is. Like, you wouldn't even think about it. And I, oh, it, I enjoy that relationship. And the fact that she gets together with Luke Cage as a kid and all that. Which they did really well in her series as well, where it was like, they had this fling, and then Kilgrave gets in the way, and then he's like, fuck it, I'm moving on, like, I'm out Which is why I really wanted, like, Heroes for Hire, because it would have, obviously, it would still be in Harlem and all that, but you could almost have him engaging with Jessica Jones more, because then you could have Heroes for Hire with her um, detective agency and all that, you know? Which would have been... There's so much potential. I, I hate saying it, but there is so much potential behind every single one of these Netflix shows, even the Iron Fist, that I really hope Marvel doesn't squander by just recasting and saying none of that, none of that matters. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think Tommy Fox has definitely earned himself a place as one of those people who you just can't replace at this point. Yeah, I would put him in the category of Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. He has made that character his own. Yeah. Like, honestly, he really has. And again, I think John Bernthal did a phenomenal job as Punisher. I think he's the best live-action Punisher that we've had. And to to um, confirm that, first of all, Eminem said, listen, I was a huge fan of your show, broken that, that they're cancelling it. And John Bernthal was like, You're, I, I, first of all, I'm such a massive fan, thanks so much. And then secondly, Thomas Jane yeah. was like, I'll direct your movie. Yeah, I will. I will write you a script. I will direct your Punisher movie. And the thing is, Thomas Jane, I think, was a really good Punisher. And he was super dedicated to the role. I don't know if you know this. There is a fan film that he did. The Laundry. Yes. That he was just like, of course I'll do. I fucking love the Punisher. And I, I really appreciate actors who appreciate the character like that, you know? Because you get those actors who are like, oh, this role made me famous. I hate it. Because now I get typecast. But then you get the others who are like, I got to make people happy. Like, Mark Hamill's a perfect example. Yeah. Like, everyone always goes, oh, your career post-Star Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, but look at the joy I brought to millions across the globe. Like, you can't replace that. I wouldn't care. As proof, 
in the Mandalorian, you see Luke Skywalker for like a minute and a half. Yeah. It's like everything makes sense. I don't care about the sequel trilogy. <laughs> this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. Like literally. I, I really appreciate actors who have that kind of respect for the characters and genuinely it seems like most of the guys Marvel gets have that. You know, they have that respect for the characters. They have that love for the fact that they got to portray that. Because not to be funny, but millions of people would love to have an opportunity like that. We would love to have an opportunity yes, like that. Would. Like, 100%. So when you hear about people who, like, hate the role, and they, you know, you kind of, it's demoralizing, you know? You're like, <sighs> who, who are people that you know who are just like, this role made, made it for me. Like, no matter what happens, I'll always have this role. I'll always have this. this Mark Hamill, dude. Mark Hamill, not to be funny, but to me, he is the epitome of that type of actor. Because he, he and I know we're, we're diverging from our topic and all that, but honestly, I think Mark Hamill is the epitome of the actor who understands the impact the character had and still appreciates that. Like, no matter what happens, no matter what, he just wants to see people being happy with that character. And he loves the fact that he got that chance. Which, honestly, I respect the hell out of. Like, genuinely. Can you think of anyone like that, other than Mark Hamill? Um, I, I would say probably Hugh Jackman really, really loved oh, the yeah. Wolverine. Honestly, I, he's another one who genuinely loved and respected the role and enjoyed playing it. Yeah. And honestly, it shows, because, again, as everyone says, uh, there's a quote by, I, I think it was the guys off of X-Men Origins, Wolverine maybe, one of the producers or something, where they were saying, yeah, Logan in the comics is like five foot whatever. And they were saying, if Hugh Jackman could shrink himself, he would. You know, and that's the dedication you can like see and you can feel it on screen when they have that. And I think it's what Charlie Cox has. And it's what, yeah. like, and it's why the Netflix shows do so well. Like, not to be funny, but did you even know who Jessica Jones was before the series? No. Me either. And like, I'm a pretty avid comic reader myself. Like, yeah. and I literally had no idea who she was. And I think, all of them have brought something to the table that has made you want to go back to the comics. And I think that's something Marvel's done really well that DC hasn't. Yeah. Because Marvel, you, you, you watch their content, you go, I really want to read the comics to like, see more of the characters yes, and stuff. True. Whereas with DC, you're like, I want to read the comics so I can remember why I love these characters. <laughs> yeah. Which is disappointing. Yeah. That's actually why I went and, and started getting back into Daredevil comics is because of the Daredevil Punisher interaction in season two. Mm. I went and read that, and their interaction in the comic is so good. It is excellent, and it's perfectly, like, amazingly translated onto the screen in, in this series. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're, we're going we're gonna to touch on um, comic book to movie DC in our next podcast. Yeah. Green Lantern. Yeah, I think we will. But I think we've talked enough about the Marvel Netflix shows now, I think. Yeah, I've had a great time. Yeah, so have I. <laughs> Hopefully uh, anyone who's listening has as well. <laughs> yeah. I've been you. I've been Ryan. Thank you for listening, guys.